Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 208. Today in our episode, we'll be thinking about the theme of having confidence in God's word, that what God says is going to happen happens, that what his prophets say happens is going to happen, and that we can, because God keeps his word, have confidence in his word. And so let's begin with Jeremiah 44 to 48. Jeremiah 44. The Lord spoke to Jeremiah concerning all the Judeans who are living in the land of Egypt, those in Migdol, Taphanes, Memphis, and in the region of southern Egypt. The Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says, You have seen all the disaster I brought on Jerusalem and all the towns of Judah. Indeed, they now lie in ruins and are deserted. This happened because of the wickedness the people living there did. They made me angry by worshipping and offering sacrifices to other gods whom neither they nor you nor your ancestors previously knew. I sent my servants, the prophets, to you people over and over again, warning you not to do this disgusting thing I hate. But the people of Jerusalem and Judah would not pay attention and listen. They would not stop the wickedness they were doing, nor quit sacrificing to other gods. So my anger and my wrath were poured out and burned like fire through the towns of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem. That is why they have become desolate ruins that they are today. So now the Lord God of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, asks, Why will you do such great harm to yourselves? Why should every man, woman, child, and baby of yours be destroyed from the midst of Judah? Why should you leave yourselves without a remnant? That is what will result from your making me angry by what you are doing. You are making me angry by sacrificing to other gods here in the land of Egypt where you live. You'll be destroyed for doing that. You'll become an example used in curses and an object of ridicule among all the nations of the earth. Have you forgotten all the wicked things that have been done in the towns of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem by your ancestors, by the kings of Judah and their wives, and by you and your wives? To this day, your people have shown no contrition. They have not revealed revered me, nor followed the laws and statutes I commanded you and your ancestors. Because of this, the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says, I am determined to bring disaster on you, even to the point of destroying all Judeans here. I will see to it that all the Judean remnant that was determined to go and live in the land of Egypt will be destroyed. Here in the land of Egypt they will fall in battle or perish from starvation. People of every class will die in war or from starvation. They'll become an object of horror and ridicule, an example of those who have been cursed and that people use in pronouncing a curse. I will punish those who live in the land of Egypt with war, starvation, and disease, just as I punished Jerusalem. None of the Judean remnant who have come to live in the land of Egypt will escape or survive to return to the land of Judah. Though they long to return and live there, none of them shall return except a few fugitives. Then all the men who are aware that their wives were sacrificing to other gods as well as all their wives answered Jeremiah. There was a great crowd of them representing all the people who lived in the northern and southern Egypt. And they said, We will not listen to what you claim the Lord has spoken to us. Instead, we will do everything we vowed we would do. 
We will sacrifice and pour out drink offerings to the goddess called the Queen of Heaven, just as we and our ancestors, our kings, and our leaders previously did in the towns of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem. For then we had plenty of food, we were well off, and had no troubles. But ever since we stopped sacrificing and pouring out drink offerings to the Queen of Heaven, we have been in great need. Our people have died in wars or of starvation. The women added, We did indeed sacrifice and pour out drink offerings to the Queen of Heaven. But it was with the full knowledge and approval of our husbands that we made cakes in her image and poured out drink offerings to her. Then Jeremiah replied to the people, both men and women, who responded to him this way, saying, The Lord did indeed remember and call to mind what you did. He remembered the incense you and your ancestors, your kings and your leaders and the rest of the people in the land offered to other gods in the towns of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem. Finally, the Lord could no longer endure your wicked deeds and the disgusting things you did. That is why your land has become the desolate, uninhabited ruin that it is today. That is why it has become a proverbial example used in curses. You have sacrificed other gods. You have sinned against the Lord. You have not obeyed the Lord. You have not followed his laws, his statutes, and his decrees. That is why this disaster that is evident to this day has happened to you. Then Jeremiah spoke to all the people, particularly to all the women, saying, Listen to the Lord's message, all you people of Judah who are in Egypt. This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies, the God of Israel, has said. You women have confirmed by your actions that you vowed with what you vowed with your lips. You said, We will certainly carry out our vows to sacrifice and pour out drink offerings to the Queen of Heaven. Well, then fulfill your vows. Carry them out. But listen to the Lord's message. All you people of Judah who are living in the land of Egypt, the Lord says, I hereby swear by my own great name that none of the people of Judah who are living anywhere in Egypt will ever again invoke my name in their oaths. Never again will any of them be used, will use it in an oath saying, as surely as the sovereign Lord lives. I will indeed see to it that disaster, not prosperity, happens to them. All the people of Judah who are in the land of Egypt will die in war or from starvation and until not one of them is left. Some who survive the battle will return to the land of Judah from the land of Egypt but they will be very few indeed. Then the Judean remnant who have come to live in the land of Egypt will know whose word proves true, mine or theirs. Moreover, the Lord says, I will make something happen to prove that I will punish you in this place. I will do it so that you will know that my threats to bring disaster on you prove true. I, the Lord, promise that I will hand Pharaoh, Hophra, king of Egypt, over to his enemies who are seeking to kill him. I will do that just as surely as I handed King Zedekiah of Judah, over to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, his enemy, who was seeking to kill him. The prophet Jeremiah spoke to Baruch, son of Neriah, while he was writing down in a scroll the words that Jeremiah spoke to him. This happened in the fourth year that Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, was ruling over Judea, jo- Judah. Sorry. Jeremiah said, The Lord God of Israel has a message for you, Baruch. You have said, I feel so hopeless, for the Lord has added sorrow to my suffering. I am, a, I am worn out from groaning. I can't find any rest. The Lord told Jeremiah, Tell Baruch, the Lord says, I am about to tear down what I have built and to uproot what I have planted. I will do this throughout the whole earth. Are you looking for great things for yourself? Do not look for such things, for I, the Lord, affirm that I am about to bring disaster on all humanity, but I will allow you to escape with your life wherever you go. And this was the Lord's message to the prophet Jeremiah about the nations. He spoke about Egypt and the army of Pharaoh, Necho, king of Egypt, which was encamped along the Euphrates River at Carchemish. Now this was the army that King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon defeated in the fourth year that Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, was ruling over Judah. 
Fall into ranks with your shields ready. Prepare to march into battle. Harness the horses to the chariots. Mount your horses. Take your positions with helmets on. Ready your spears. Put on the armor. What do I see? The soldiers are frightened. They are retreating. They are being scattered. They have fled for refuge without looking back. Terror is all around them, says the Lord. But even the swiftest cannot get away. Even the strongest cannot escape. They are in the north by the Euphrates River. They have stumbled and fallen in defeat. Who is this that rises like the Nile, like its streams turbulent at flood stage? Egypt rises like the Nile, like its streams turbulent at flood stage. Egypt said, I will arise and cover the earth. I will destroy the cities and the people who inhabit them. Go ahead and charge into battle, you horsemen. Drive furiously, you charioteers. Let the soldiers march out into battle, those from Ethiopia and Libya who carry shields, those from Lydia who are armed with a bow. But that day happens. That day belongs to the sovereign Lord of Heaven's armies. It is a day of reckoning when he will pay back his adversaries. His sword will devour them until its appetite is satisfied. It will drink its fill from their blood. Indeed, it will be a sacrifice for the sovereign Lord of Heaven's armies in the land of the north by the Euphrates River. Go up to Gilead and get medical ointment, you dear people, poor people of Egypt. But it will prove useless no matter how much medicine you use. There will be no healing for you. The nations have heard of your shameful defeat. Your cries of distress fill the earth. One soldier has stumbled over another, and both of them have fallen down defeated. The Lord spoke to the prophet Jeremiah about Nebuchadnezzar coming to attack the land of Egypt, saying, Make an announcement throughout Egypt. Proclaim it at Migdal, Memphis, and Taphanes. Take your positions and prepare to do battle, for the enemy army is destroying all the nations around you. Why will your soldiers be defeated? They will not stand because I, the Lord, will thrust them down. I will make them many stumble. They will fall over one another in their hurry to flee. They will say, get up. Let's go back to our own people. Let's go back to our homelands because the enemy is coming to destroy us. There at home, they will say, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, is just a big noise. He has let the most opportune moment pass by. I, the king, whose name is the Lord of heaven's army, swear this. I will swear as surely as I live that a conqueror is coming. He will be imposing, be as imposing as Mount Tabor is among the mountains, as Mount Carmel is against the backdrop of the sea. Pack your bags for exile, you inhabitants of poor dead Egypt, for Memphis will be laid waste. It will lie in ruins and be uninhabited. Egypt is like a beautiful young cow, but northern armies will attack her like a swarm of stinging flies. Even her mercenaries will prove to be like pampered, well-fed calves, for they too will turn and run away. They will not stand their ground when the time for them to be destroyed comes, the time for them to be punished. Egypt will run away hissing like a snake. As an enemy comes marching up in the force, they will come against her with axes as if they were woodsmen chopping down trees. The population of Egypt is like a vast impenetrable forest. But I, the Lord, affirm that the enemy will cut them down. For those who chop them down will be more numerous than locusts. They will be, nor- more num- they will be too numerous to count. Poor dear Egypt will be put to shame. She will be handed over to the people from the north. The Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says, I will punish Amnon, the God of Thebes. I will punish Egypt, its gods and its kings. I will punish Pharaoh and all who trust in him. I will hand them over to King Nebuchadnezzar and his troops who want to kill them. But later on, people will live in Egypt again, as they did in former times. I, the Lord, affirm it. You descendants of Jacob, my servants, Do not be afraid, do not be terrified, people of Israel, for I will rescue you and your descendants from the faraway lands where you are captives. The descendants of Jacob will return to their land and enjoy peace. They will be secure and no one will terrify them. 
I, the Lord, tell you not to be afraid, you descendants of Jacob, my servant, for I am with you. Though I completely destroy all the nations where I scatter you, I will not completely destroy you. I will indeed discipline you, but only in due measure. I will not allow you to go entirely unpunished. And this was the Lord's message to the prophet Jeremiah about the Philistines before Pharaoh attacked Gaza. Look, enemies are gathering at the north like water rising in the river. They will be like an overflowing stream. They will overwhelm the whole country and everything in it like a flood. They will overwhelm the cities and their inhabitants. People will cry out in alarm. Everyone living in the country will cry out in pain. Fathers will hear the hoofbeats of their enemies' horses, the clatter of their chariots, and the rumbling of their wheels. They will not turn back to save their children because they will be paralyzed with fear. For the time has come to destroy all the Philistines. The time has come to destroy all the help that remains for Tyre and Sidon. For I, the Lord, will destroy the Philistines, that remnant that came from the island of Crete. The people of Gaza will, sh- Gaza will shave their heads in mourning. The people of Ashkelon will be struck dumb. How long will you gash yourselves to show your sorrow? You will remain in Philistia's power. How long will you cry out, O sword of the Lord? How long will it go before you stop killing? Go back into your sheath. Stay there and rest. But how can it rest when I, the Lord, have given it orders? I have ordered it to attack the people of Ashkelon and the sea coast. The Lord of Heaven's armies, the God of Israel, spoke about Moab, saying, Sure to be judged is Nebo. Indeed, it will be destroyed. Kiriathiam will suffer disgrace. It will be captured. Its fortress will suffer disgrace. It will be torn down. People will not praise Moab anymore. The enemy will capture Hezbon and plot how to destroy Moab, saying, Come, let us put an end to that nation. City of madmen, you will also be destroyed. A destructive army will march against you. Cries of anguish, anguish will arise in Horonaim. Oh, the ruin and great destruction. Moab will be crushed. Her children will cry out in distress. Indeed, they will climb the slopes of Luhith, weeping continually as they go. For on the road down to Horonaim, they will hear the cries of distress over the destruction. They will hear, Run, save yourselves, even if you must be like a lonely shrub in the wilderness. Moab, you trust in the things you do and in your riches, so you too will be conquered. Your god Chemosh will go into exile along with his priests and officials. The destroyer will come against every town. Not one town will escape. The towns in the valley will be destroyed. The cities on the high plain will be laid waste. I, the Lord, have spoken. Set up a gravestone for Moab, for it will certainly be laid in ruins. Its cities will be laid waste and become uninhabited. A curse on anyone who is lax in doing the Lord's work. A curse on anyone who keeps from carrying out his destruction. From its earliest days, Moab has lived undisturbed. It has never been taken into exile. Its people are like wine allowed to settle undisturbed on its dregs, never poured out from one jar to another. They are like wine that tastes like it always did, whose aroma has remained unchanged. But the time is coming when I will send men against Moab who will empty it out. They will empty the towns of their people. Then they will lay those towns in ruins. I, the Lord, affirm it. The people of Moab will be disappointed by their god Chemosh. They will be as disappointed as the people of Israel were when they put their trust in the calf god at Bethel. How can you men of Moab say, We are heroes, men who are mighty in battle. Moab will be destroyed. Its towns will be invaded. Its finest young men will be slaughtered. I, the king, the lord of heaven's armies, affirm it. Moab's destruction is at hand. Disaster will come on it quickly. 
Mourn for that nation, all you nations living around it, all you nations that know of its fame. Mourn and say, Alas, its powerful influence has been broken, its glory and power have been done away with. Come down from your place of honor, sit on the dry ground, you who live in Debon. For the one who will destroy Moab will attack you, he will destroy your fortifications. You who live in Aurora, stand by the road and watch. Question the men who is fleeing and the woman who is escaping. Ask them, What has happened? They will answer, Moab is disgraced, for it has fallen. Wail and cry out in mourning. Announce along the Arnon River that Moab has been destroyed. Judgment will come on the cities on the high plain, on Holon, Jahaz, and Maphiath, on Dibon, Nebo, and Beth Diblathiam, and on Kiriathiam, Beth Gamal, and Beth Mion, and Kiriath, and Basra. It will come on all the towns of Moab, both far and near. Moab's might will be crushed, its power will be broken. I, the Lord, affirm it. Moab has vaunted itself against me. So make him drunk with the wine of my wrath until he splashes around in his own vomit, until others treat him as a laughingstock. For did not you people of Moab laugh at the people of Israel? Did you think that they were nothing but thieves, that you shook your head in contempt every time you talked about them? Leave your towns, you inhabitants of Moab. Go and live in the cliffs. Be like a dove that makes its nest high on the sides of a ravine. I have heard how proud the people of Moab are. I know how haughty they are. I have heard how arrogant, proud, and haughty they are. What a high opinion they have of themselves. I, the Lord, affirm that I know how arrogant they are. But their pride is ill-founded. Their boastings will prove to be false. So I will weep with sorrow for Moab. I will cry out in sadness for all Moab. I will mourn for the people of Kir Hayerez. I will weep for the grapevines of Zimba, Z- uh, Zibma, just like the town of Jazer weeps over them. Their branches once spread as far as the Dead Sea. They reached as far as the town of Jazer. The destroyer will ravage her fig, date, and grape crops. Joy and gladness will disappear from the fruitful land of Moab. I will stop the flow of wine from the winepress. No one will stomp on, her, on the grapes there and shout for joy. The shouts will be shouts of soldiers, not the shouts of those making wine. Cries of anguish raised from Hezbon and Aliyah will also be sounded as far as Jahaz. They will be sounded from Zoar as far as Horonayim and Eglath Shalashariah. For even the waters of Nimrim will be dried up. I will put an end in Moab to those who make offerings at her places of worship. I will put an end to those who sacrifice to other gods. I, the Lord, affirm it. So my heart moans for Moab. Like a flute playing a funeral song. Yes, like a flute playing a funeral song, my heart moans for the people of Kir Harris. For the wealth they have gained will perish. For all of them will shave their heads in mourning. They will all cut off their beards to show their sorrow. They will all make gashes in their hands. They will put on sackcloth on all the housetops of Moab and on all the public squares. They will be nothing but mourning. For I will break Moab like an unwanted jar. I, the Lord, affirm it. Oh, how shattered Moab will be. Oh, how her people will wail. Oh, how she will turn away in shame. Moab will become an object of ridicule, a terrifying sight to all the nations that surround her. For the Lord says, look, like an eagle with outspread wings, a nation will swoop down on Moab. Her towns will be captured. Her fortresses will be taken. At that time, the soldiers of Moab will be frightened like a woman in labor. Moab will be destroyed and no nation no longer will no longer be a nation because she has vaunted herself against the Lord. Terror, pits, and traps are in store for the people who live in Moab. I, the Lord, affirm it. Anyone who flees from the sound of terror will fall into a pit. Anyone who climbs out of the pit will be caught in a trap. For the time is coming when I will punish the people of Moab. I, the Lord, affirm it. 
In the shadows of the walls of Heshbon, those trying to escape will stand helpless. For a fire will burst forth from Heshbon. Flames will shoot out from the former territory of Zion. They will burn the foreheads of the people of Moab, the skulls of those war-loving people. Moab, you are doomed. You people who worship Chemosh will be destroyed. Your sons will be taken away captive. Your daughters will be carried away into exile. Yet in future days, I will reverse Moab's ill fortune, says the Lord. The judgment against Moab ends here. While God just keeps bringing his word and reminding and warning the people. And what we were reminded of here again is that all of these things in history actually do come true. All these predictions that God makes come true. King Nebuchadnezzar, the armies sweep in, and all of these nations that God is warning are destroyed. And yet they do not turn back to God. They do not listen. And the warning is reminding us that God does keep his word and we can have confidence in his word as hard as that word can be at times. And also alongside of that, we read from 2 Peter chapter 1 today, which speaks of the confidence we can have in God's word. 2 Peter 1. From Simon Peter, a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are throughout to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have been granted a faith just as precious as ours. May grace and peace be lavished on you as you grow in the rich knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. I can pray this because his divine power has bestowed on us everything necessary for life and godliness through the rich knowledge of the one who called us by his own glory and excellence. Through these things he has bestowed on us his precious and most magnificent promises so that by means of what was promised you, you may become partakers of the divine nature after escaping the worldly corruption that is produced by evil desire. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith excellence, to excellence knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly affection, to brotherly affection unselfish love. For if these things are really yours and are continually increasing, They will keep you from becoming ineffective and unproductive in your pursuit of knowing our Lord Jesus Christ more intimately. But concerning the one who lacks such things, he is blind. That is to say, he is nearsighted, since he has forgotten about the cleansing of his past sins. Therefore, brothers and sisters, make every effort to be sure of your calling and election. For by doing this, you will never stumble into sin. For thus, an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be richly provided for you. Therefore, I intend to remind you constantly of these things, even though you know them and are well established in the truth that you now have. Indeed, as long as I am in this tabernacle, I consider it right to stir you up by way of a reminder, since I know that my tabernacle will soon be removed because of our Lord Jesus Christ being revealed, he revealed this to me. Indeed, I will also make every effort that after my departure, you have a testimony of these things." For we did not follow cleverly concocted fables when we made known to you the power and return of our Lord Jesus Christ. No, we were eyewitnesses of his grandeur. For he received honor and glory from God the Father when that voice was conveyed to him by the majestic glory, saying, This is my dear Son, in whom I am delighted. When this voice was conveyed from heaven, we ourselves heard it, for we were with him on the holy mountain. Moreover, we possess the prophetic word, as an altogether reliable thing. You do well if you pay attention to this as you would to a light shining in a murky place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you will do well if you recognize this. No prophecy of Scripture ever comes about by the prophet's own imagination, 
for no prophecy has ever borne of human impulse. Rather, men carried along by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. And there's Peter saying, you can trust in God's word because it comes from God and God keeps his word. He's a God of power, a God of grace, a God who keeps his promises. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, http netbible.com, copyright 1996 2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You are-